welcome. This is Ukraine World, a podcast of a website in English about Ukraine. My name is Volodymyr Yelmolk. I'm a host of ukraineworld.org. And uh, now we are talking about Ukrainian economy, financial issues, about oligarchs, uh, about the quarantine, coronavirus, influence on Ukrainian economy. And our guest is Serhiy Fursa, a well-known Ukrainian financial expert and columnist at uh, magazine Nove Vreme and V.ua. Uh, good afternoon, Serhi. Good afternoon. Thanks so much for joining us. My first question will be uh, focused on a very hot topic about Ukraine versus oligarch Kolomoisky. You wrote recently a column on NVUA. We've seen that Ukraine tries to pass the banking law, which would uh, deprive, uh, which would be a safeguard against uh, reprivatization of private bank. This is a requirement of international uh, monetary fund. Uh, but Kolomoisky and his people introduced 16,000 draft amendments to this banking law trying to block it. What's happening? Oh, uh, filibustering. Uh, people should know it in the U.S. Parliament, but not so often and not in such cases like with private bank. He, people of Kolomoisky, uh, his MPs, his guys trying to protect their boss from IMF. And on one hand, they do this sabotage in parliament. On the other hand, they produce a lot of noises talking about that IMF is not only one option, that Ukraine should use all emission mechanism and just print money like US and European Union all do restructuring because uh, now it's a good time to not to pay for their debts, for Ukrainian debts. Uh, so they work in these two, uh, two, two options and we'll see would they be going to be successful or not. Because we still haven't any clear communication from the president, presidential office, from the Mr. Zelensky. He's still trying to play a game with Kolomoisky, trying to muddle through, you know, be a friend with Kolomoisky and at the same time get money from IMF. We'll see what going to be happens because next few weeks should be critical because on one hand, uh, Ukrainian economy, Ukrainian budget really need IMF support. On the other hand, uh, parliament should make some decisions. So we'll see. Okay, but the question is how it is technically possible to introduce 16,000 draft amendments and how one MP, for example, he introduced 6,000 amendments. So... It's a superhuman power probably behind these MPs, but the key question, how the parliament is going to go through that and examine all those amendments? Well, YMP did it, maybe we had a, some ideas that Kolomoisky is paying some uh, sum of money per every amendment. So that's for some uh, MPs to walk <laughs> overnight. You can, if you understand me, trying to earn as much money as possible. But uh, coming back to reality, when we're talking about how MPs, uh, how the parliament could pass through it, there is few ways. One of them is to change rules of voting that could let MPs just to ignore much of amendments, especially if Parliament make a decision that it's just a spam. So one of the ways is to change the internal regulation of Parliament called reglament that could let 
to pass this uh, law without all these amendments. Second one, it's a short way of passing these uh, amendments. Again, there is a way uh, how MPs could block all these amendments into some number of blocks and pass it much, much quicker than it could be. But we'll see, first of all, Thursday should uh, vote rather for these changes in, the, in their internal legislation, internal rules. If they will be successful, maybe next week we're going to see uh, voting for uh, the anti-Kolomoyski law for all this banking law. We'll so next week, starting from the 20th of April, we can, we can follow our audience, can follow the news from Ukrainian parliament and hopefully Ukraine can pass this law. I, I can remind that the banking law was passed in the first reading, but there is a need uh, to pass it in the second reading. But uh, Ukraine just recently, the government adopted a budget which has a huge deficit, uh, I think over 7% of GDP. Uh, so it is virtually impossible to pass this budget, to um, implement this budget without IMF support. Is that right? Uh, you're almost right if you're playing by the rules and if you're playing by the economy rules. Uh, yes, we need resources because budget is just when you, you need some resources uh, to fulfill the budget. Um, and IMF, it's a proper way to find the sources. But you also can do a wrong way. And wrong way means what now people connected to Kolomoisky proposed to the president. Let's uh, print money. Let's make an emission. Let's uh, start this Ukrainian quantitative easing. Uh, it's another way. It will lead to huge devaluation and inflation at the end of the day. But now it seems to be like an easy decision for a president, uh, for, for instance, not to make a problem with Kolomoisky, uh, not to implement some decisions, but just to print money. It's possible way, but with, and it's on a, now on the table. But still, we hope that number one option is IMF deal. And yes, we got a huge deficit, says, 7.5% of GDP, and it's okay this year. Yeah, we all understand that this fiscal stimulus provided by all over the world, by USA economy, US economy, by European Union economy, and nobody really care about to take this budget deficit in the limits like usually. This year is unusual, but to cope with this de deficit, Ukraine need IMF to cope it in a proper way. If you were gonna be implement it in a way of not a proper way, let's tell it, like Winnicell did, for instance, where they told that all these financial institutions are from the devils and we need just to print money. We see a Winnicell example when they have inflation of one million percent. So Ukraine has, has two, two choices now. But we hope Ukrainian president, first of all, Ukrainian president, will choose a proper way. There is a huge information attack behind all that. There is a network of Telegram channels. There is a network of TV channels owned by Medvedchuk, uh, Putin's best friend in Ukraine, but where Kolomoisky people are very active. So we, we see the growing anti-Western, anti-IMF, anti-Soros rhetoric. Do you see that as a threat? Because I, I, I don't remember such a huge rhetoric, even during Yanukovych times. 
I think yes, it's right because there is a common interest between Kalamoyski and his huge group because his one plus one channel is the biggest influential in Ukraine. It's like a propaganda machine and pro-Russian sources because all of them need the same. Kalamoyski is afraid of IMF, afraid of the uh, Western society because there is some cases in US courts, in British courts. And if, you, if Ukraine will move to civilization, if Ukraine will move to Western society, Kolomoysky will go to jail one day. He doesn't want. And on, on the other hand, Medvedchuk and Putin, they all want Ukraine to stay in the Russian world. And they also do not want Ukraine to move on the Western side. They want Ukraine to come back to Russian world, take money from Russia for not doing reforms like Belarusian. So now they have common interests. Apart from 2014, when Kolomoisky was a frontliner of anti-Putin's and anti-Russian and propaganda and uh, oligarchs. He was anti-Russian oligarchs because it wasn't in his own interest uh, to see all this LNR, DNR in Dnipropetrovsk region, for instance. But now they have common interests. Now they use all their equipment was a heavy, we could say, the propaganda equipment. And I think they're quite successful because they're influential. And if you will look to sociology, for instance, uh, about 50% of Ukrainians won't, do not want to co have cooperation with IMF. It's not a great situation when you, if you are driving a car or if you are driving a taxi and you will tell that you are IMF friend, you will be beaten. No, in Ukraine it's still not. And due to all the sociology, again, more than 50% of Ukraine ex uh, support this anti killer. But still, the propaganda machine uh, working uh, on the way that credit support from IMF is a bad idea. Well, let me come back also to the situation around the virus, the coronavirus. Ukraine adopted very strict quarantine uh, norms, so basically the public transportation is closed, the metro is closed, uh, buses, trolley buses, and many people are working uh, distantly. Those who, uh, people who, are, who depend on physical work, on retail work, are basically losing their incomes. Do you think this quarantine, at the same time, we should remember that Ukraine does not hopefully yet have the, this, those huge numbers as in Italy, US, or Spain, uh, its health system is very vulnerable, so it, it can lead to that. But do you think this quarantine is uh, a right choice to make within this weak economy that Ukraine has? I think it was very wise choice that we implement quarantine on time. And we now can see on the figures, comparing Ukrainian figures with Russian or Belarusian, the situation in Ukraine is much, much better. Uh, but at the same time, quarantine is only one think you should be done. Second thing is testing, for instance. And we do not see a real big testing in Ukraine. And it's scary because the quarantine should be ended one day. And you should end this quarantine uh, feeling comfortable and feeling that everything is end. It's everything is at the end. But in Ukraine, I'm not sure that uh, we could, we will be able to say, for instance, in one month that, okay, the situation is under control already because we have no massive testing and it's a Ukrainian problem. And that's why I do not rule out that in a few months uh, we will have had a situation when we should come back to quarantine again. 
in another part of the story that uh, you named that we have strict rules, strict quarantine, but there are possibilities of implementation of the strict rules. There's institutional of power in Ukraine doesn't work properly, and I don't think that people are following the rules in Ukraine. That's why, especially now we are really afraid our situation could have happens on uh, Eastern, for instance, when a lot of people could go to the churches and come back with a virus again. So uh, if we will summarize what I <laughs> uh, was saying now, the, it was very wise decision. We was very lucky to implement quarantine before uh, the virus was spreading a lot of Ukraine. But it's only one way. Uh, and there is another actions that should be done but haven't been done yet in Ukraine and it's going to be a problem in a month or two. How vulnerable Ukraine economy is before, I mean, in the face of this coronavirus? We see that the global economy is not in a very good shape, but Ukrainian economy was entering this quarantine not in a very good shape. There was industrial production decrease and uh, other crisis, uh, crisis elements. Do you think that this situation will have a dramatic impact on Ukrainian economy? Uh, we have a bad situation in the economy before coronavirus. We got economic, economic, economical growth, and to be honest, we now coming to this crisis in much, much better conditions that we used to do, in, for instance, in 2008 and 2013. So, Ukrainian economy was quite okay before quarantine. Yes, uh, we're going to be hurt, but I don't, don't think that we're going to be hurt like we did in 2013. 8, 2014 again. So if we will have IMF cooperation, I think we could minimize our losses this year and pass this year, pass this quarantine time with like, like a minimal losses and uh, rebound very quickly in already in the end of this year and in the first quarter of the second next year. So there is no such dramatical situation with this quarantine. Yes, it hurts. It hurts a lot and state in a, not in a position to help Ukrainian business, especially taking the, uh, to the account that a lot of business working on a shadow territory and uh, it doesn't help a lot because should uh, state can't help you if you wasn't paid taxes for instance and if you was working in a shadow economy but now when you implement this quarantine rules, rules uh, you hurt all the shadow economy. But still, uh, we are in a good position. We was in a very good position before this crisis. And that's why it uh, makes us more optimistic uh, than before crisis 2008 and 2014. Thank you so much, Serhi, for this very interesting conversation. We had Serhi Fursa, Ukrainian financial expert and uh, columnist at uh, magazine Nova Vreme and Ved.ua. We were talking about oligarchs, Ukrainian oligarchs, Kolomoisky, Ukrainian economy and the impact of coronavirus in current time on its economy. Thanks so much. Mm -hmm.